Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and today we are going to be talking about the word grace. And so as we prepare our hearts to talk uh, about grace and, and what that means in a spiritual sense, let's take a moment and bow our, our hearts and our, our heads before the Lord and uh, go to Him in prayer. So would you pray with me? God, we come before you, and Lord, we ask that your word would speak life into us. God, we ask that your word would would penetrate into us, uh, into our preconceived thoughts and notions, and, and Lord, that we would just hear your heart this morning. God, I pray that you would reach deep into us. God, you know us. You've created us. You know exactly what we need this morning. And so, God, we take this time to look to you and and, and ask, Lord, that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would transform us to be more and more like you. God, there's nothing we desire more than you. There's nothing we desire more than uh, your transforming power. So God, we give you uh, complete access to our hearts and our lives now. As we listen to your word, God, help us to change. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, it is definitely January 2020, and uh, it's definitely January because there are plow trucks that keep going by my window. So um, I've recorded this intro a couple times because uh, the plow trucks keep going by and they're very noisy. So uh, it's great to start off a new year and seasons are so wonderful in upstate New York because they're so different. So summer and fall, winter and spring, they all are so distinct. And uh, it's great to also have a new calendar year all these different things, you know, even days where you go to sleep and you wake up and it's a brand new day with a new name are so great because it reminds us of uh, how things are able to change, how things are able to stop and restart and how things don't stay the same uh, forever in our lives, but God's able to change and, and renew and restore and all kinds of lessons learned with, with new fresh starts. But here we are in January and I want to take a look at the word grace. It's tricky to come to a word like grace because uh, automatically when you say the word grace, or I said it in the intro, some of us will automatically begin to think of uh, hymns or worship songs about grace. Some of us have uh, friends who have the name grace. Some of us uh, have heard so many sermons or little clips or quotes or little devotionals about grace that it's hard to come to a, a plain slate where we're ready to hear something that the Lord would say today on this this new day on Friday in 2020, God, what do you want to teach me about grace today? And not just going off what we learned yesterday, but God, what is your word? What is the heart that you're trying to communicate to me today? And I don't believe that there is anything new in the word of God. His, his truths in here are timeless and they stand forever. But the way he reveals it to us can be fresh. And it can be just what we need in just the right season, on just the right day, at just the right time. And if that's uh, for you today, uh, that's been my prayer that, God, I know you have a word for certain people today. And, and maybe it's you today. Maybe it's not. Maybe this is a teaching for another time where you're going to pull this back out or share with a friend. But I know that this is for someone. So we're going to turn first into the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 32. And Luke here is coming up on the end of Acts, and he's writing um, this account. And he says in verse 32, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up 
and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I'm going to read verse 32 again. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Luke is saying in this passage that these people are being committed to God, not committed to a program, not committed to a pastor's care, not committed to anything besides God, that God will help you to stand. God will build you up and give you an inheritance. God will do those things. Not how well you can act, not how uh, much money you could pay, not what program you could be involved in or the bigger church you could find or the best worship band you could come under and then you will have an inheritance. No, the inheritance comes from God, period. God causes things to happen and not to happen. What we have comes from God. But he says this, I want you to stand on the word of, gra of his grace, the word of his grace. When we think about grace in the natural sense, um, not in a spiritual sense, but in, in the worldly sense, we think about grace um, of a ballerina and the grace that a ballerina has as she dances or he dances and how uh, flawless they seem and delicate they seem, but delicate strength because you look at what a ballerina does and, and how they stand on their, the tips of their toes and it's graceful, but we know it's not easy. We see grace in somebody who has really good manners, really good uh, social etiquette. And when they're in situations that are awkward or uncomfortable or where someone says something rude, people with grace, not that the rude thing doesn't happen, but they respond with grace. They respond appropriately. They respond kindly. And uh, you can say, wow, that person has a lot of grace in the bad circumstance. The grace isn't shown off until the bad circumstance happens, right? But their grace is shown in the midst of something that's difficult. So that's in a natural sense. So a ballerina has grace. A person with uh, good etiquette has grace. But then we look over to the spiritual world and we say, what? how does the word grace apply in a spiritual wor word? And the word grace in a spiritual wor world is, uh, many of us have this, this reminder of grace being um, not getting what you deserve, or unmerited favor from God. But I want to present to you that grace is being comfortable in your own skin, your own body. Grace from God grants that even in the mediocre things of life, even in failure, even in any season of your life, you are loved. Grace is a knowledge of who you are and knowing that you're loved by God. God's grace is applied to us when we can say, God, I know that I am a sinner. God, I know that I have this problem or that problem, or there is hardship or there is negative or there's something in my heart that doesn't belong there and I present it to you and you forgive me. We're all quick to, to recall verses like, by grace you have been saved. The grace is God granting you what you don't deserve. You've done wrong and he covers it with his grace. 
But first we have to come to the mirror experience where we look in the mirror and we say, we have done wrong. The person with, with good social etiquette uh, handles things with grace in the midst of something wrong. And what we do as Christians is we love God's grace, but we don't like to be comfortable in our own skin. We don't like to admit, we don't like to look in the mirror and say, we've done wrong. But the thing is that God lavishes his grace on us. He gives grace so freely. What we need to be comfortable in is going to God and saying, God, please forgive me. God, I repent. I'm comfortable with the fact that, that I am not perfect. That in areas of my life, I'm mediocre. In areas of my life, I am weak. In areas of my life, I'm no good. And to be able to admit that, uh, then God can cover us with his grace. But if we don't come into that realization of who we are, then we're not accepting the free gift of God's grace. It's as if uh, Starbucks had free coffee on a certain day. And you know that there's free coffee, but you don't go and get your free coffee. If you don't go and get your free coffee, you know about grace, but you haven't partaken in it. But when you go and you get your free cup of coffee, it's grace. You should have paid money for that. Somebody else harvested coffee beans. Somebody else drove the truck. Somebody else processed it. Somebody else brewed it. Somebody else gave you, made a cup for you to put it in. Somebody else poured that coffee in it. Somebody else got up early to get to their shift on time. All these things happen so that you could have coffee. It should cost you something, but it costs you nothing. And the same with grace. You have to realize what it took to get you to this place where you have access to God. See, uh, we have to realize that everything costs something. And so my uh, sin in my life costs something to God. It cost his very life. And so we, when we think about Jesus full of grace and truth, the grace is what he applies to us, but the truth is it cost him his life. But the Bible says that grace is at work in us. That free gift is at work in us. To have grace at work in us, we need to know who we are. So, so for grace, in order for grace to be at work in me, I have to come to a place of repentance and reality to know who I am. Many of us have lived Christian lives long enough that we begin to think that we are all good. That our sins are so little. But when we look into the word, when we begin to read the Bible, when we begin to pray, when we sit on the edge of our bed and meditate on the law of God, we come to realize that there are so many things in our lives that just aren't perfect. And that's when grace can be applied. Grace cannot be applied to a life that, of, of, of a person who is ignoring the fact that they are in need of God. Grace can't be applied when there's no reality check. Grace can't be applied to something that's already perfect. We have to come to the realization and know that we are not perfect. Now, verse 32 again says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. His grace builds us up, not our good works. I'm going to say that again. His grace builds us up, not our good works. Realizing who we are and bringing it to God. The forgiveness of God builds us up. Abiding in Jesus builds us up. We don't build ourselves up. It's not through good programs at church that we are built up. It's not to a pastor that we commit somebody to so that they can be fed with everything they need. No, it's through the grace of God and God alone. 
Lives are transformed by Jesus, not by pastors, not by programs. Those things are tools that God uses. But it's God using those things. If God speaks through a pastor, that's how it should be. If God uses a program for something great to transpire in your life, that's perfect. But it all comes from God. And that's where we have to look back to. That we are committing ourselves to God, not to churches, not to situations, not to other people, but to God himself. And it's through his grace through reality, looking in the mirror, saying, God, I know who I am. God, apply your grace to my life that I can be built up and be sanctified. In Romans chapter five, verse two, it says we stand in grace. We don't stand on our own merit there's not a, a day that we arrive where we begin to think that we have it all together. And that's the danger of, of long-term Christianity, that uh, of Christians who aren't, aren't diving deep into the Bible, who aren't diving deep into prayer, aren't diving deep into the relationship of God, is we think that we are standing on our own merit. We are not standing on our own merit. There is no way that we could pay the price for our sins. There is no way, no amount of good deeds that helps us to pay for what we've done. We stand in grace alone. We stand in grace Grace is exposure. Grace is looking at yourself for who you really are and bringing that to God and realizing that he loves the mediocre, that he loves the plain and simple, that he loves the imperfect, that he loves us because he created us. We aren't all champions. We aren't all superheroes. We're regular people who God loves. And with his grace applied to our lives, that's when great things could happen. That's when we have an inheritance. That's when we have a ministry. That's when we we can facilitate programs and preach sermons by his grace, only through God, not through ourselves. When you have a, a camera and it takes pictures, now you take a picture and you can take like 15 pictures until you get the right one because they're all digital. But there was a day and time where we had film and the film in a camera had to go to a, a special a place to be uh, put through an, an exposure process. And if the film was exposed at the wrong time, it would ruin everything. If there was too much light or not enough light, it would be too dark or too bright and you wouldn't be able to make out uh, the picture that was supposed to be captured. And the same thing happens with us. God wants to expose sin in our, in our lives at just the right time. There is sin exposed at salvation. And that is such a glorious expression of God's grace. When God applies grace to our lives for the first time and we confess our sins and God forgives us our sins and we become followers of Jesus, what a glorious experience. What a, a taste of grace. But then day after day, season after season, morning after morning, God wants to continue to apply his grace to our lives. And at just the right time, with just um, the right amount of light, he'll expose different parts of our character and say, hey, Jill, now's the time to work on this. And maybe in, in 2020, he's going to say, I want you to now work on this. At just the right time, he exposes just the right things that we can bring him before God and be changed, be healed, be transformed.
to the image of Jesus. Friends, we aren't there yet. Anyone listening to this that thinks that they have arrived in any portion of life, we have not arrived in in love and in joy and in peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. We have not arrived. There are always areas to go deeper. There are always areas, areas to become more like Jesus. We'll press on through this process of sanctification. It has not fully happened yet. It's a process. We are completely sanctified at salvation, but then we're are continually sanctified as we go through living for Jesus. We have to bathe in the love of God. And while we're bathing in the love of God, things are exposed and we are granted grace. Grace is living out our lives, making mistakes and letting them be repaired. Letting God take care of things in our lives, not ignoring them, not stuffing them, not hiding them, but letting ourselves be exposed before God, letting hardships that come at us, just laying it all bare before Jesus and say, God, I need your grace because in Acts, I'm going to be committed to you and the word of your grace, and then I will be built up. Grace comes before him building you up. Our Our realization of our dependence on God as our foundation builds us up. When we try to build a kingdom on our own merit, when we try to build a kingdom on our own strength, on our own understanding, it will fall. It may take years to fall, but it will fall. But when we build our lives upon the grace of God, then we have a structure that will stand the test of time. Then we have a structure that's not dependent on natural means, but on supernatural power that's above anything in this world and that nothing can tear down, that the enemy cannot penetrate because it is built by God. But when we build ourselves up in our own selves, It crumbles and it hurts those around us. The crashing down of a building hurts. The crashing down of a life hurts those around them. But those who build their lives on the the grace of God, the dependence that we have on God. I have a dependence on God in the winter. I have a dependence uh, on God again in the spring and again in the summer and again in the fall. My dependence on God is not seasonal. My dependence on God is not a, a, a Sunday thing, but it's an everyday, every hour thing, knowing that my life is only because of him. My life is only because of him. Friends, what is it that keeps us from the grace of God? What is is it that holds us back from God's grace being applied to our lives? What holds us back from that is not being honest with ourselves. God already sees your bad thoughts. He already sees your bad deeds. He already sees your attitudes. He already sees the things that you've done with the wrong motives. He already knows. What keeps us from from the grace of God is not being honest. We need to come to a place where we lie ourselves bare before the Lord and say, God, I hate this person. God, I don't like this thing. God, I don't know what to do with this. God, I'm angry because of this. And when we lay ourselves bare before God, he's able to come in and apply grace. He's able to come in and forgive us. When we bring our angst before God, he's able to work things out. The converse of that is we bring our angst 
and our anger and our complaints and our sadness and our sorrow to Facebook, to people, to other things than God. And then we get all kinds of opinions. We get all kinds of attaboys. You should be angry. Attaboy, you should go after that. Attaboy, you should take this direction or that direction. And we fail to come before the king of kings. We begin to build our own kingdoms based on other people's suggestions and opinions. When our, our audience should be that of God. God, I want to pour my heart out before you. I want to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. I don't want to seek the compliments of my friends. I don't want to seek the approval of other people. God, I sit before you. Apply your grace to my life. Apply your opinions to my life. And I will follow you. And God, you will shine a light. I know that you'll shine a light on our paths. You'll show us the way to go. What keeps us from grace is not being honest. What keeps us from grace is not talking to God. What keeps us from grace is not being honest, not talking to God, but not accepting his love. God loves plain old people. God doesn't love just hip, talented, victorious CEOs. God doesn't just love people who are skinny. He doesn't love people who have great Instagram photos. He doesn't love people who are only the people that work at a church or who have great giant ministries. God loves the plain people. He shows us this again and again by choosing the youngest brother, by choosing the shepherd left out in the field, by uh, choosing the shepherds to proclaim the news about God. He continually reaches out to those who society says are second. Very rarely does he take the most attractive, the most elevated person. God loves the everyday woman, the everyday man. He says, in your mediocre uh, feeling life, lean into me. And, and in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. If you want to be built up in strength, if you want to be built up in peace, if you want to be built up in the Lord, then lean into the, the word of his grace. Be completely exposed and honest about who you are and watch and see who he is and how he comes through in your life. The Bible teaches us that perfect love casts out all fear. The only one that has perfect love is not my friend who I call and cry to on the phone. The one who has perfect love is not my pastor. The one who has perfect love is not my ministry leader. The one who has perfect love is not my mom. It's not my dad. It's not my children. The one who has perfect love is not my husband or my wife. The only one who has perfect love is God himself, period. And perfect love casts out all fear. Go to God. Set yourself bare before him and let him apply grace over your life. There's an account in Acts chapter 11. I'm going to start in verse 22. Acts 11, 22. It says, News of this had reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When Barnabas arrived, 
He saw what the grace of God had done. He saw what the grace of God had done. He was glad and encouraged and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. What has the grace of God done in your life in the past? Great. But what is the grace of God doing in your life today? I can tell story after story of God's grace in my life where I have messed up and gone to God and I've gotten to know his character and his perfect love and fear has been cast out of me and guilt and shame has been just exported out of me so that I could stand knowing that my dependence was on God and that my, my trust could be strong in him. What is God? How is God applying grace to your life today? How are you exposing yourself to God today and, and laying yourself bare so that God can begin to repair and heal you from your human condition? Through grace, we are saved. Through grace, we are justified and we stand in grace. I'm going to read for you uh, Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. Well, we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, uh, sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many die by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more? Will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Verse 18, consequently, just as one tra tra trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so all through, also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. 
the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When we expose ourselves to God on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and every day of the week, grace can be applied. But when we choose to hide ourselves in our sin, when we choose to close ourselves in and pretend that we are righteous when we're not, then we have no place in the presence of God because we're hiding our sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All, you and me, every day, every season, we fall short of the glory of God. When we begin to think that we are, 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 are so holy, then we're blinded to the reality of our sinful nature. We must go to God every single day and say, God, show me, search me, know me, tell me if there's any evil way in me. And God will expose you, just like film exposes at just the right time. He'll show you this thing, and next week he'll show you another thing. And he'll begin to form you and mold you and make you useful for his kingdom. He'll daily take care of you. But we are kept from, from free grace. We are kept from this free gift of God if we're not being honest, if we're not talking to God, and if we're not reaching out and accepting the love that he so freely offers to each and every one of us. The best part about the free gift of grace is that it's not just for men. It's not just for rich people. It's not just for women. It's not just for poor people. It's not just for the holy. It's not just for the evil. It is for absolutely anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. And so today, find a place on your knees. Find a place where you humble yourself before the King of glory and say, God, apply your grace to my life. Here is where I have fallen short. Show me how to do better. By, your, by the grace of your spirit. We need to walk in grace, knowing that all we have comes from heaven. All that we are comes from heaven. And if we want this inheritance to be built up and to be strong, we have to expose who we are. So let's close in prayer together. God, I pray for honesty within the body of Christ. God, I pray for honesty in my life. I pray for honesty in the lives of every person that's listening. That God, we would lay ourselves bare before you so that you could apply grace to our lives. Help us to express our sins to you so that we can be made well and be healed. God, if we think that we're holy and righteous, if we think that we aren't sinners, God, I pray that you would expose us at just the right time, that you would open our eyes to see the things that we've done. You would open our eyes to see the areas in which we've betrayed you, God. We want to be more like you. God, we know our human nature. We know that we continue like a, a dog re re returns to vomit. So we return to our same sin. God, help us. Help us in our weakness, God. Help us by your spirit to begin to move in another direction. And God, I pray that you begin to purify us and purify us and purify us. God, I thank you that you never tire of forgiving us. God, I thank you that your blood is strong enough to continue to forgive us. God, I thank you that each and every season and each and every day, your grace applied to our lives changes everything. God, I pray that we would walk 
knowing that everything that we have comes from you and not from our own good deeds, not from our own uh, ability to try harder. But God, it comes from your grace. Build us up in your in the firm foundation of who you are, not in who we are. God, that we would become less and you would become more. That God, you would transform our hearts. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen.